You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, how many movies what? do you have in your what? watch list on IMDb? <laughs> This is the before. This is part of the before the after the show discussion. The watch list on IMDb is, of course, if people know, you make a little account on IMDb, which is the internet I, movie I, database. I don't make a little account. I make a big account. You make a little account on there, uh, and that means it keeps track of your searches and whatnot. And you can make a list. Now, the watch list, I'm assuming, means movies you want to watch, and then you can make other lists of movies you have seen and your favorites and all that stuff. However. What I've found is... No, the watch list is not movies you want to watch, is it? It's movies you've watched. No, it's movies you want to watch. Oh. Like, put it on my watch list, to watch list. But you can make other ones and say, like, these are my favorites and these, whatever. But you put them on one... To put them on another list, it's a pain in the ass. So I always just add them all to the watch list. I do. So what you're asking me is, how big is my watch list right now? It's like 2,200 and something or something. Mine's 1,246. Mine might be 2,100 and something. But I've probably seen more movies than 2,157. Now that also includes, if there's a TV show that I've seen every episode of, including M.A.S.H., they're not very many. I don't add TV I shows to mine. I'm a purist of only movies. Oh my god. I bet that's not true. In fact, it tries to say, put this TV show on your list, and I go, no. <laughs> true Detective. You've seen that, haven't you? Yes, but it's yeah, but not a movie. Yeah, but you've seen it all. It is not a movie. I am not seeing it. Yeah, but it is an entire... It is the equivalent of a big giant movie. IMDb is a movie site to me. It's nothing to do with television. Yeah, but you can't just make your own rules. Who <laughs> do you think you are, me? They're my rules. So the other parts of the Before the After the Show discussion included a long discussion about this movie that we just watched that we're about to discuss again. <laughs> For some reason, we got off on that already. This, this wasn't mentioned, but let's mention it quickly. We watched um, X-Men Days of Future Past yesterday, which we're not reviewing, but we did watch it. And uh, quite liked it. My favorite, yeah, like my favorite scene in the whole movie was the slow motion one going around the room. Uh, yeah, it was really, course. really awesome. And just so you know, I don't know who that guy is. You mean the actor? No, the character. He's they new? acted like they knew him. Yeah, they did, but I don't know who he is. I don't either. either. I think he's new, but he's cool. Yeah. I liked it. I that, mean, he's that was cheeky. really cool. It was cheeky, it was. and it was just and really the music, whimsical. and yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was I fell for it. It was yeah, it was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. But there's also that was also cool. What was I'm it? doing something Bye, with that. Bye, goodbye, time yeah. in a bottle. And the uh, thing was cool Ta-da. too. Because it kind of portrayed him as like the ultimate ADHD kind of a person. Yeah, like, like he has, he, his, his, everything about him has to go super fast or everything is so slow. Yeah. So when he gets a chance to go fast, it's almost like the world is at his disposal. So hopefully we'll see him again. Yeah, I think he was new because I don't recall him mm-hmm. and I would have remembered him because that was a cool power to have. Because Wolf Wolverine seemed to know him. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows him in the future. And... Unless in one of those Wolverine movies that we didn't see. He meets him. Maybe. I've it only ever be. seen the one, I think. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, we enjoyed it. Days of Future Past. I really like this um, X-Men. I mean, last... it's a, let, me, let me just say. Time travel is a touchy thing. When you're trying to tell a story with time travel. Particularly when it's sort of a... Like a... Not actually physical time travel, but you're just crossing planes of existence with your 
And the, it, this isn't the first time it's done. It's been, it's happened. I watch a lot of Star Trek. You know, there's a lot of movies where we've got time, we got Time Lords and Doctor Who and whatnot. But that's physically going back in time. Whenever you try to mess with a timeline, anybody into that kind of sci-fi will tell you. It's, it's really delicate in how you can pull it off and have you totally satisfied with it. And I wasn't particularly satisfied with that aspect of it. If they'd found another way to go back and forward in time, I would have been fine you, with if it. If you but... really analyse Doctor Who, which people have, it's full of um, inconsistencies that are actually unexplained. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You're satisfied in the moment. Right. Because he ends up physically being where Shakespeare is, and then you go along with the story. I'm fine with that. I know that he goes to some weird portal in time and whatever it is, but this was different. This is like... Days of Future Past. It's not really a spoiler. It has time yeah. in, the, in the title. But it's not actually time traveling. So that's where I got... That's the only thing that I had to really... I had to contain that in my bubble of disbelief. Really, I had to hang on to it with both hands, or otherwise it was going to float away. <laughs> Alright, so it is Saturday, September the 27th. This is after the show number 345. I'm looking this way because I don't have any anything over here. That's all right. Um, the movie we're looking at this week is Transformers Age of Extinction. If you don't know these things without reading it, I don't understand. What are you? Who are you, Ron Dates Burgundy? Dates and stuff, I don't know. Are you Ron Burgundy? No. If I put anything on the screen, are you going to read it? Yes. I have said that in the past. What are you going to say? There's nothing on the screen. IMDB. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, read all of IMDB then. Yeah, so this is a movie God, we're looking at. So is Trans- regimented. Movie we're looking at is Transformers: Age of Extinction. This is a 2014 movie. It's released on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, the 30th of September. You can pick it up then. It's PG-13 from our friends at Paramount. Probably one of the biggest movies of the year in terms of spectacle and you know huge box office. And it's the fourth Transformers movie if you've not been keeping count. So since I was the synopsis of the new Transformers movie, Age of Extinction. Hmm. Well, we have a dude who just happens to be clever, but broke, inventor, into robotics, etc. Happens to accidentally come across a Transformer. We're in a time now after... Not a Transformer. A Transformer. Happened to be a few years after the big thing, where everyone's aware of it. I understand. I don't even give all the specifics. I'm just saying that people are now sort of anti-alien Anti, all of that. And we come across them. Obviously, we have some Transformers that are still good. And we have Transformers that are very, very bad. I don't even know if they're bad. They don't give a shit one way or the other about us. They're not bad. They're not, like, out to destroy humans. They just don't give a shit if we die. That's kind of weird. Any they're of out them. To Anybody. the um, Autobots. Anybody. But they don't care about us one way or the other. They're no. not out to destroy humanity. We just do collateral damage, that's all it is, so it doesn't matter to them. And uh, we have some new bad guys in the mix, and we have international travel, which is always a good thing. Alright, so uh, this is... How would you describe it? The way you just described it. Mm. So this is Michael Bay's fourth um, Transformers movie. He wasn't going to direct this one, but then at the last minute he did. It was already going to... Roland Emmerich was the name that was being floated around, the Independence Day um, slash Day After Tomorrow dude. He he could possibly do the next one actually because Michael this is Michael Bay's last he says so sounds like, sound like you said that about the last one but he, then he changed his mind yeah I'm a fan of Michael Bay and a lot of people are not he just gets a bad rap all over the place I notice but 
when I think back about movie going experiences, I've had a lot of fun and entertainment with Michael Bay's movies from the beginning, really. I think the first one I saw was actually Con Air, and then I saw The Rock uh, after that. But, um, you know, he's made a lot of movies, and they are not like masterpiece-type dramas or anything. They are huge spectacle movies, always. Bad Boys, you know, it's real. they're really fun movies to watch. So I'm actually a fan of his. I like his style. It's very hokey and... Uh, Bad Boys was the first one. We were trying to think. Bad Boys was the first director. Oh, did you? Yeah. And then The Rock. He obviously wasn't listening. No, I wasn't. But the first one I saw was um, actually Con Air, and then I saw The Rock, and then I saw Bad Boys. He didn't direct Con Air. No, he didn't. Simon West directed Con Air, true. But uh, it was a Michael Bay production. And I forget they did The Island. Yeah, they did The Island. Yeah. Yeah, which is an awesome movie. I like that one. It's so awesome, I actually bought that on Blu-ray after the fact because I really wanted I'll a copy. I'll see it again because I remember thinking it was awesome. Yeah, it's Michael Bay's style totally. It's, it, but I don't remember it being awesome. Yeah, I really liked this, the whole... I know you did, but I don't know if that makes it awesome. I'm saying, I'm trying to think of it. I mean, the story's very compelling. But it seemed a bit... It's totally know. a Michael Bay movie as well if you like him. Oh, I know. Michael Bay loves his sunsets and his sunrises. So I know there's going to be a sun coming over or going behind a horizon at some point. The golden hour is like his favorite time of day every single time. That must be his trademark. Yeah, and I think his movies, like this movie especially, it looks fantastic. I'm not just talking about the special effects. I'm talking about any any shots, every shot. They're really carefully planned shots. To make everything look as glamorous and even the farmhouse shots at the beginning. Yep. He uses helicopters, cranes. And the small town looks very romantic. Even a very small shot of somebody is, is done expensively, it looks like. Like the, the camera's climbing up in the air and there were some drones used in this movie I was reading. All kinds of, he loves technology. He's like Cameron in that respect. So everything looks and like you say, golden hour, mm-hmm. really awesome lighting, nothing's left in the dark. It's just looks a million dollars, which is it's more than a million dollars, but it looks I don't know if it's fair to say it's a dollar thing. I think it's just him and He, he knows how he, to make things look. Right. But I don't think excellent. you need a lot of money to make it look that good. He just uses uses a lot of what's there already. Yeah. There's a lot of practical it's stuff. It's hard to make a sunset look bad. Over a farmland with a nice farmhouse. It's kind of hard to make that not look beautiful. So I want to say about... I'm a fan of the Transformers also. I, I watched the cartoon religiously as a child. But not the new version. Not the new version. I, I just remember those... they called G1 Transformers. Generation 1 Transformers cartoons. Those are kind of embedded in me from watching those as a kid. You know, I had, a, I had Optimus Prime. and um, So those my, that's my... So when I knew they were doing live-action Transformers, I was instantly... I said to you, when the first one came out, I've got to go and see this on the, in the cinema. I love Transformers, and I've seen them all. Um, this is my favourite Transformers movie of the Michael Bay bunch. And I think, you know, they did three films with the Witwickies, who are actually from the cartoon and the comics, and now they've got this Not new... Not from the original comics. Cartoon. Yeah, from the cartoon. From the original and, 80s one? And from the comics. No, from the 90s right. cartoon. But they they crop up in the comic books too, so they were. I think I think it did it a favor this movie to remove them and start with this. These aren't actually part of Transformers, you know. They're made up. 
But I think it was better for that. Everyone's made up. True, but I th- I think it was better. I, I, I was more invested in these characters, even though they're kind of similar to the last ones that came before them. They're um, Michael Bay stereotype um, characters, which a lot of his characters are. But I kind of like Marky Mark better than Shia LaBeouf. And, you know, I bought the family a bit better. Dude, how do you think he would react if you called him Marky Mark to his face as a lowly fan? Don't know, I'm sure He seems do. kind of up his own ass, so you think he might just roll his eyes at you and have his security men shudder, Should be proud of you uh, being Marky Mark, shouldn't he? I don't think he wants to be called Marky Mark. Feel the vibration. I call him Marky Mark, but I'm just thinking. Ugh, we'd just be like... But I think it did it a favor. I like. I, I, it was more refreshing to see some new characters and not the same thing. I, in fact, the, no characters are returning here aside from the robots, right? No human characters, anyway. I think anyway. so. Um, so it's all new. Um, in fact, you only get two repeat Transformers. Yeah, you do, yeah. Because there's been a lot gone on since the last one. But um, it's my favorite one of all. I liked it a lot better, the story. I was like, you know, that third one with Shia LaBeouf when he, they changed his girlfriend and all that stuff. I didn't like it as much. I, I thought it was a bit... I don't know. It was the human characters that were ruining it for me. And I was always like, I just want more Transformers. Screw the human characters. In this one, I didn't mind the human characters. So they did something better. Um, obviously, this movie... Um, the Transformers themselves. It's incredible. It's it's the best special effects I've seen. And we watched all kinds of movies. And, you know, there's only some movies that set a benchmark for special effects. There's some movies that go along with it. You see some special effects you've seen before. I was talking earlier about Marvel movies. They look fantastic. But we watched Spider-Man a couple of weeks ago, and it doesn't always look fantastic. It's like not a benchmark for special effects. This is, like, I don't think it. there's a flaw. Like I it, disagree with that. This movie. Yeah, the think? way the dinosaurs move, it's got that weird raggy doll thing a little bit. They look awesome. As you watch them run, they lose that, that thing that the Transformers have, a certain weight in the world. Like, they're not actually as... You get, and when he's riding on one, you get that rag, that weird rag dolly thing. Because when do you see a robot riding a dinosaur? Never, but it still looks a little bit. The things themselves look awesome, but that motion was a little. I had to kind. And when they were running down the hill, I was like kind of rolling my eyes around, like, okay, don't pay attention. I guess I was in love with it too much. Like I didn't know. Yeah, those things didn't look great. And then a couple of the times that the new type of Transformers, when the when their bits and pieces were swirling around, it looked really out of touch with everything else around it. Like, it didn't actually look like bits and pieces. It looked like CGI stuck on top. Just a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think it's his movies and James Cameron movies. Like, have a, They're like a benchmark. Right, but they're, they're not perfect, is what I'm saying. So we can't ignore that there are parts of it. Because I love them. You'd have I'm, to be really picky to think. I'm not, the, I'm not picky at all. It just stood out to, to me really to, boldly. To, you know, to go like, uh, Transformers was alright, but it all... Uh, I'm not saying that. Kind of... I'm saying that they're not perfect every single minute, whereas the last ones, the Transformers, never faltered for me. This time, that was the only thing. Not the Transformer vehicles, just the dinosaurs, and the really s- is what brought a little bit of weirdness. The CG in this movie is incredible, though. That ship, that that alien mm-hmm. ship... Um, and the cars and stuff falling from the yeah, sky. Yeah, like, and... like the, when they do the magnetic thing... Mm-hmm. Um, that all looked amazing. Yeah, like, like 
It was the kind of movie, and it's nearly a three-hour-long movie, this movie. It's two hours and 49 minutes. And it was the kind of movie where I was like... There was a point where I was like, okay, we've probably seen all there is to see, spectacular-wise. You know, we've seen the Transformers transform. We've seen... And every few minutes, I was like, holy crap, they've done, like, something bigger than... They keep going bigger. And that's how he explained it. They try and... And it really just keeps going, doesn't it? Once the action hits, the action really does not stop. For the last hour, is just action. Wall-to-wall action the entire time. Like, special, special effects on the screen the entire time. You know, think... Kind of like the last one. The last one, I, once it that got to that fin- final bit with the skyscrapers falling down and stuff, that kind of went huge at the end, didn't it, too? But this one, I'd never seen anything on a scale of that. It was huge. Um, I liked the new characters they introduced. What's he called again? The bounty hunter. Deadlock? Yeah. Um, he's awesome. I want to see a movie of him like doing his thing, going around different planets he's a bounty hunter comes to bring transformers back hiding you know transformers robots in disguise he tries to find robots tries to find where they are and um take them back somewhere no he's not taking them anywhere he's disassembling them and yeah (laughs) disposing of them in case you weren't looking at the inside of the ship yeah i don't know if they're melting them down everybody like the super prize ones, mm. like the, um, you know, the room with the... Yeah. That well, room. they weren't... I guess they were. But I, I mean, they, that I ship think was theirs really... originally. He's commandeered it, as he said. So they were there originally. He just has kept them entrapped. But I, I, what I really like, and why this is my favorite Transformer movie, it really, like, did a lot with the Transformers. It introduced you to the humans, then the humans get involved in the Transformers, and then... Yes, there's human stuff because we need we need that as film watchers apparently to um you know we have to root for somebody or whatever not not the transformers because we can't relate to them hundred percent right so it used the humans as a tool for like oh you're gonna care that they fall off this thing or whatever but the transformers had a massive role in it like they talked a lot more there was more personality from them I thought. I was just a little bit sad that some of them were missing, like, from the, you know, there's a few that I like that had gone in this one, but they replaced them with some new ones that I really loved, especially the British guy, I really liked the British guy, his design was like my favourite Transformer design, it looked like he had a coat on, but it was made out of metal, and it kind of flopped like material, but it's obviously not material, it's metal. They introduced, um, you know, bag, a new bag guy, what do you, do you think? Of what? It's not, it's not new. Oh, you mean? Yeah, I saw him um, as like I saw him as like an evil Steve Jobs. Um, not evil. He wasn't really evil, though, was he? He wasn't, but he he was. And then the other guy again. His intentions are what they are. There's nothing mystical about uh, Fraser. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? He is what he is. I wasn't. I love Optimus Prime. And Bumblebee. Bumblebee. They're both represent, like I said to you, he could, his himself, now this is all fiction, I understand this, but when you think about the story of it, and think of it like he exists and that's the way it is, he could actually dominate the human race himself. He could 
threaten and kill everybody. He could kill everybody everywhere and then enslave whoever he wanted because he's powerful and he's a big dude, right? He could do that. But he chooses because he's good and he sees our vulnerability but then sees something in us. He wants to protect us. And I always think... I don't know what it is, but there are, it's either that voice, the person who does the voice, or the, the timing of it, or whatever it is. I always get that little thing of, like, holy shit. Like, he will lay down his big metal robot life for us, and we're a bunch of assholes. Like, I always think that that he... I am not an optimist. Optimist? Uh. Like Optimus Prime is. Um, so I find that endearing. And then Bumblebee, I think... Not the most. He just kind of. He's just pure good, isn't he? He only wants to do beat, protect people. I, w- I wish. They, a- I wish they would make him a Volkswagen Beetle again, though. Like he, like he, I remember him. Like, like, yeah, I know that he's like more modern, but this modern Volkswagen Beetle, you know, it would be awesome if he just turned in. What I would think would be scan re- one and be it for a little while. What would yeah? What would be really funny is he goes to change, and then he changes into the Volkswagen Beetle, and then then like changes back and says whoops, and then just changes into. Like he, like he thinks of his old self or something, you know? Because we all know he was a Volkswagen Beetle. Well, no, we don't. I have no idea of that. You don't, but right. So that doesn't. That doesn't. I mean, the car. The, well, that's a whole the, other subject. Is bringing things in from other media that the person watching the movie knows nothing about. I think that's inappropriate because it doesn't do anything for me. I understand it's fan service, but I'm watching a movie. I don't read the comic. I don't read the books. I don't see anything. I never saw the cartoon, so I need the world to be contained. Without taking away. Like, I don't need to see something and have in my mind, what the hell's that? I don't understand what that's for. And everyone else going... So you didn't oh, understand yeah. the Dinobots even, right? You no. Didn't. No, I just thought they were... I mean, because that was are. humongous. I, I was My mouth was dropped open when I saw that. Yeah, it means nothing to me. I didn't see the trailer. I understood from the movie, the context of the movie, that they were created 65 million years ago from the material that was available then, and therefore they took that form, which totally makes sense to me. My mouth doesn't water because I don't have any emotional attachment to them, which is fine. I got an explanation. But you were probably, yeah, like... Oh. When he pulled the sword thing. And overall, I really have a good... I like long movies, and I never had a moment when I was like, come on, come on. Even the car chase and the bike chase, and I had no problem with any of them. I kept... I was totally interested. There was enough... And I I'm mean, not, this like, is a... If you like fun action... Yeah, and I'm not like... I don't get bored easily with things like that. I get bored with... Well, I get bored with boring fights and car chases. But like last week was God's Pocket. I don't get bored with a movie like that. I can sit and watch a drama for three hours and I would be fine. But this, there's something about it that kept me kind of... The, the woman driving the motorcycle is interesting. So I'm interested to see how she drives the motorcycle. It's all like a big spectacle. I, I didn't mean, necessarily like the John Goodman guy. And I didn't... I wasn't that I attached his to his design. I love that. I love that transform. I don't understand... Why would the Transformers be transformed into images of people that we identify with so specifically? Optimus Prime is literally just a big, giant, generic robot. Yeah. So why does any other... Ro- and so is Bumblebee. Just a big, generic robot. Parts of him. Yeah. So why would any of the others take on or be built with the shape of a very stereotypical human from a particular culture? I have no idea. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't think that just somebody, making so, somebody look Japanese, making one of them look like a Japanese samurai, and then making one of them look like sort of a a pudgy 
I don't know, veteran of one of our American wars with a cigar hanging out of his mouth, like a cartoon version of a guy in a war, a soldier in a war, it doesn't appeal to me at all because it makes no sense to me. That Transformer was created somewhere else, on a different planet in a different world, particular, maybe a different galaxy. I don't know where the hell they're from. Right, obviously a different galaxy. They don't know what Japanese samurai look like. So why do, why would they take on that shape? I don't know, I'm overthinking it, but that really annoyed me. Cybertron is where they're from. Cybertron, right. So does Cybertron just keep on tabs? <laughs> like, oh look, here is If you're a, going to Earth. Here's a pudgy. Well, they are robots in disguise, so maybe they analyze what... They're not in disguise when they transform into themselves. They're not, themselves. but maybe it's part of their... Like, but it isn't. They've transformed they into themselves. To. The vehicle is their disguise. True. So that I just kept thinking, but that's so lazy. It's like so, like, ugh. I, I mean, somebody somewhere said these robots need a personality. Yeah. Uh, they don't just need to be pieces of metal. We have to make people like them in some way. So. Yeah, no, and I find that kind of, I didn't find that very interesting at all. Yes, they look awesome. Don't get me wrong. The beard was awesome and stuff. Yeah, that's what I like about But it really detracted from how I give them, like I give Optimus Prime and Bumblebee a lot of credibility as characters. And they're really weird. the favorites of everybody. I mean, Not just that, but I mean, they are who they are. They're giant robots that can transform into a vehicle on this planet to blend. I get that. A giant robot that looks like a Japanese samurai warrior does not make any sense to me. I mean, he's so. a Japanese car. Right, but Optimus Prime is an American semi-truck, and he doesn't transform into what looks like an American football player. No. You know what I'm saying? Or a cowboy, or something like that. So that is where I'm, I get, I got a little bit like, okay, okay. And I just, I tried to go along with, they're, they're awesome, they fight really well, but they were just too, I don't know, I'm overthinking it, I know. But in con in comparison to Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, they just seemed I thought the Transformers un- themselves unnecessarily shaped. I thought they were a lot better this time than last time's horrible with those we- weird racial stereotype ones. I know th- I know that the Japanese one you could say is a racial stereotype yeah, one. Yeah, so is the John Goodman one. But I think they were like, And so is the British guy. I feel like they were offensive in the last movie and I don't feel they were that offensive. Or offensive at all in this movie. That last one, it was just a little bit too Michael Bay sense of humor. It was, and we we pinpointed that sense of humor. I think it's Michael Bay sense of humor, and it's it occurs in this movie too. There's a little bit of racist humor. There really is. If you look, I mean, some people it'll gloss over them, but it's there, isn't it? If you notice it, it's there. Yeah, it's It's not like if we notice it, it's not like we're digging around for it. It just you just think in your mind, oh, that's that feels a little tiny bit. That little character says something about waterboarding as well, which is like. You know that, that that that's the thing that terrorists are doing, where they like pin you down on the floor and yeah. pour gas. Yeah, well, that's oh like- no, that's what the government does to their prisoners. Yeah, and the terrorists have been doing it to the prisoners no. too. Our yeah, government yeah. does Amer- that to prisoners both ways. They've been copying it and sending videos back of it. But what I mean is, it's like a controversially type thing. Like a kid's not going to know what that is. Why is that character even saying it? This movie's mainly for kids. Like it's you reckon. Yeah, well, you know, it's... Yeah, I think it's for everybody. The other th- the uh, a negative I have this movie, like, is product placement in this movie is insane. <laughs> it really is. You have and to I, feel like this cannot be... This is like, not a commercial, this is not like, a commercial. Like, um, the Beats by Dre um, speaker that he makes. The, uh... There's this metal in the movie. Transform... Transformium? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
that can be, you know, it's the metal that the Transformers are made out of. It can be, it can manipulate itself into different things. It makes a My Little Pony at one point, which is another Hasbro franchise, which uh, make Transformers. There's Beats by Dre thing. Wouldn't that be a Victoria's Secret thing right in the middle of the frame? Little My Little Pony thing. I think that just told me not only was it a Hasbro thing, but that scientist guy. Is like a middle aging. Yeah, the brony thing. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I figured he would do that. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Uh, but it is another way of getting your product into the shop. There's a thing where there's a Victoria's Secret bus right in the middle of the frame. But lights all over the lighting. street. But light all over the street, even takes a drink of it. The name of the corporation? Protein powder. Mikey we'll Max. tell people. The name of the corporation in this movie is the name of Mikey Is the Max name protein. of his actual company that makes protein powder and something else, right? Yeah, like it's plant-based protein or something. It's it's a probably a cool product, but it's just so it's in this movie. But and he's I know, a businessman. And I know all the cars, obviously, that they turn into, and the glamorous shots of the cars when they turn into them, everything looks pristine, and it looks like a car commercial in parts. You know where the cars are going down the road and the helicopters. They get beat up though. Yeah, but it's so clearly product placement in every aspect of the whole thing. And I know a movie like this, $300 million budget, doesn't, you know, they have to get the money somewhere. It's just overt, like, the Victoria's Secret bus was the main one for me, where I was like, it was like a, a wide frame, and there was going to be some blowing stuff up, and everything was blowing up, but the Victoria's Secret bus was fine in the middle there. No, it, it blew like a, up. Yeah. It blew up eventually, but it stayed in the frame long enough that you know there's a Victoria's Secret bus there. It's, that kind of thing is... It, I don't think I've noticed that in the previous Transformers films. I've obviously noticed car product placement because the Chevys are all over the place, right, in the movies. But not this level, like picking up the bud and drinking it off the floor. and You know what I mean? All that stuff. So that was a negative I had because it was... Overt. Yeah, it really stuck out. Like It was like, oh, God, look at that big Pepsi billboard there. in the Like in Hong Kong, like... There was specific billboards that there was were Pepsi? Just, I didn't see Pepsi. Yeah, there was a Pepsi one in the back of the Hong Kong where all them... It blew up. Most things blow up in this movie anyway, but, I mean, they give you a chance to see it before it blows up. But, it, you know, it, they don't make themselves these kind of movies, and they cost a lot of money, right? So sponsors, etc., make it cheaper. I don't to think make. the sponsors... That's not what feeds the budget. I thought they all have like a like Bugatti. Give them a Bugatti Veyron, right, so they don't. Right, but that need doesn't one. make them part of your budget. I don't think your budget is set by the studio, and all the other stuff is just like. But all that stuff on top of it, like a like Optimus Prime, like it's a Chevy truck. Chevy just make that and give them it. Like they don't need to fund that. Like it's it's if you put our truck in the movie, we will give you the truck. It definitely makes it cheaper, doesn't it? Because you don't have to make an Optimus Prime. You don't need all those. Those sports cars cost a million dollars each, all those sports cars that they turn into. Not the ones that they actually have in the movie. Well, I, I don't know if they're real ones or not, the, the ones that are just driving around. The I'm Bugattis sure. and the, the, you know. Whatever. I say they're not, because they're in, they can't just give you five million dollar cars, even for a day, to, for your shooting. That's too dangerous. Yeah, uh, they probably are shelled ones. Yeah, I of course. I think of every car in every show, every movie, every show. It's going to be one. I mean, it's movies. They can make anything, can't they? They True. can literally make... Uh, we actually, when we saw Need for Speed a few weeks ago, they drive like the most exotic cars in the world, but, um, but when you not. watch the extras, they're just like Ford Mustangs with a shell on top. Yeah. I so, always have thought that. I well, they never... look identical. I mean, you would never know, right? You would never know. They're down to this. I would know anyway. <laughs> True. I mean, you could get in it and think it was the Bugatti Veyron when clearly... I don't know. I mean, it's a movie, so it's, it's all not... fake. 
That's why I think of it. Except for the Chevy truck is a Chevy truck. Probably. But yeah, um, the it's over in this movie, but it didn't take away that much for me. Like, I really enjoyed the whole thing. It's like being a kid watching this yeah. movie. It's got all the joy of... Like, I often think, if I was a kid now, would that might blow my... it blow my little mind. Like, Star Wars <laughs> blew my mind. But, like, if you're a kid, like a seven-year-old, and this is the first... Like, we're going to the cinema to see a big action movie. It's Transformers. And, and this is on the screen. It would have blown my freaking mind. I mean... I don't know. I think you get... I think kids... Well, the acclimate. first one. You are not acclimated. You're like, you, you're like, okay, the cinema, let's go. Yeah, but go. you've watched TV. And TV's got a lot more... It's not just Scooby-Doo and... But the level of that, though. The what level did we of... watch in real life? We watched Sigmund the Sea Monster. Right? When we were know. kids. Puppets, Muppets... Cartoons like Scooby-Doo. And then when I went to see Star Wars, I was just like, what? There's something that's not... Like, all this stuff I watch on TV, this is, like, something else. I want this. (laughs) They're in space, and it really looks like they're in space. It's not like, you know, whatever I watched on TV. Space 1999 or something, where it's, like, cheap sets. This looks like... No, I think when you're a kid, you sit there thinking, that looks like a cheap set. I just think I, <laughs> you believe that Star Wars is real. Like, you're just looking at it going, well. And it, and if you look at this as a kid, I reckon you... Well, even now, I think, well, Optimus Prime exists, right? Because look <laughs> at him. He could be outside my house right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look phony. It looks like Optimus Prime. What if Prime's someone anywhere that? has actually built them, either a life-size or at least a bigger-than-their-house kind of model of any of these, just to have, like, in their yard as you a think novelty? You would, wouldn't you? I mean, a lot of, like the guy who you watch from uh, Mythbusters. He could build something like that. Yeah. Just a statue I've of I've seen Bumblebee. people build, like, really detailed suits that are, like, nine foot tall that they walk around Comic-Con in. Like, you know, with stilts on them and stuff. And they look amazing, but they're not full. Yeah. Right, but I'm saying, like, somebody who's yeah. built, like, a whole. How big is Optimus Prime, really? Like, It looks like he's about four-story building. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I like that his I like his size. I like that it feels imposing and that he could squash you and yet all he wants to do is protect you. The bounty hunter was freaking massive though. The other guys were bigger. Yeah. The dinosaur the dinosaurs guys were they massive. Were massive. They were so big that Optimus I mean, Optimus like, is riding the dino bot and the, and he just looks like like yeah. you on a on a horse. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, they they were really huge. So yeah, overall it's um really really good time. If you like fun it's a spectacle. Well, you know, there's a lot of destruction, so I don't know if that counts as fun. It's like a fun movie to Obviously, me. Obviously, a lot of people die. We don't we don't hear it, but we do see someone in particular. We are, we're reminded that people yeah. are dying because of the situation. So the fact that we have this kind of movie vibe where it's just one-liner, one-liner, ha-ha-ha, or we're in danger, da-da-da, yeah, we win. But in the process, lots of buildings got blown up, lots of cars got smashed, lots of fires, lots of explosions The other three had exactly the same uh, yeah. thing as and well. Yeah, and no acknowledgement. No. That, like, well, they acknowledged in this one that they only said 1,300, well, that's a lot of people, but yeah. 1,300 people died in the Chicago thing. I'm guessing. And that's been. why the humans like don't Pissed, want them yeah. around, because like, you know, why, why are we existing with these things that trample all over our cities? It's like the Avengers, actually, the... Um, yeah. You know, the incident happens, and then people are kind of, oh, Iron Man's maybe not that cool, you know, it's like... It's like a, the Incredibles. Superheroes got, like, a bad, a bad rap. rap because something bad, whatever. They started failing or whatever, and then they got, like, they had to go into hiding. I love the Incredibles. 
That's so fun. That's a fun movie. And so is Transformers. True. <laughs> so let's move on to the cast. Mark Wahlberg is the star of this movie, um, his first Transformers movie. Um, Michael Bay really liked him in Pain and Gain, and that's how he got this role. But uh, trivia, it was originally going to be The Rock. I think it would have worked... Do you mean Dwayne Johnson? Yeah, Dwayne Johnson. I think it would have worked with him too, to be honest. I think he could have carried this movie, obviously, because he's action man, and he has got a personality that's pretty fun, right, when he needs to. Mm. Um, well, Mark Wahlberg does a really good job. He plays Cade Yeager. Um, what did you think? Of him specifically? Yeah. Um, oh, right. I'll do it. I don't think he's fine. I don't think he's spectacular or anything, ever. I think that he's functional. I'm I'm not 100% convinced about the father-daughter relationship, because he's a little too hyper on the, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me, and look, I've taught you how to braid your hair, and how to do this, and how to build robotics, and how to do math, and look how great I am, I'm, I want to be your hero, and then him turning on the, I'm the father, I'm going to beat the shit out of this boyfriend thing. I mean, it was just a little bit not connected. I was thinking of... Jason Statham with that girl in that one movie we just watched recently. You know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, young girl gets kidnapped. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I was more convinced of as a father taking care of a little girl. This one's a teenage girl, but still. And Jason Statham's not that great. So there was something about this particular relationship that felt very Michael Bay-ish. Homefront. Homefront, yeah. So I wasn't convinced of that 100%, and I think that was down to him. He was a little too... I don't know. I don't know. It didn't feel... So I think he failed on that a little bit. But he's fine. He's functional. He's... He can definitely carry it. Like he, yes. Like I... Yeah, I'm rooting for him. Don't get me wrong. I don't want bad things to happen to him. And that if I have a character that I don't give a shit about, then that's a problem. But I actually did root for him. He did have a certain innocence about him where he just wants to, you know... Um, Nicola, um, Nicola Peltz plays his uh, daughter, Tessa Yeager. What do you reckon? She's alright. I mean, it's a Michael Bay thing, isn't it? Everybody's got to be, like, super hot, right? Yeah, but we're also saying to the world and she's 17. Young. Yeah. So I mean, we she's want a everyone to sit there and life. get your dick hard about her, and we're going to tell you she's 17. That's the weird, always the weird That thing. is weird. I think that's inappropriate. She should. They should have at least made her... I mean, she's 19. Last week, last week was, it doesn't matter. They're telling you she's 17 in the movie, and then she's got shorts up to her crotch, and that is inappropriate. But, of course, men are making the movie, so that's why it seems fine. And that, Michael Bay gets criticized over that, like, being overtly sexual. Um, obviously, Megan Fox in the first one, like, she's, like, draped over the motorcycle in the such provocative manner the first time you see her. Um, Rosie, she's not 17. No, but that I'm aware he of. still films... Or was she? Were they in high school? Yeah, they actually were, yeah. Yeah. Inappropriate. So and then Rosie Huntington Whiteley, the um, but she was supermodel. Up. But he idolizes the women. They're like, obviously... Okay, super- I'm going to disagree with you. Idolizing a woman isn't showing them almost completely I mean, sexual Sexualizes, them. not yeah. idolize. Idolizing means you have reverence for them. Sexualizing means you turn them into an object. They're like they're like women in music a music video. That's how you know with it. Like they're nothing. They're just there to show you their ass and their tits. Yeah, that's what that's pretty much what he gets criticized for. And you don't get a lot of substance out of her. There's a there's just nothing really about her. No, she's just she's she's fine. The girl, the young lady who plays her, she's fine. There's nothing 
I would want to, it would make me want to see her in something else so that I could see who she can be. But in this, obviously, the, all they do is they make her functional because she does a couple of things where she's part of the action, but also she's disposable. She doesn't have she, to be there. The two were, um, Megan Fox and Rosie Huntington Whiteley in the other two movies, they're just the same. They they look pretty. That's the idea of Michael Bay's vision of these women. They're, they're beautiful women and they run away and they're scared and they get rescued. Is That's the I only... They're not powerful women. They're not anything like that. Just, but then we have the Japanese, the Chinese lady who which is... Which is, yeah. And we have the other which I was lady. surprised about because that's really not Michael Bay. But she's beautiful. But it was cool, yeah. So um, Jack Rayner plays Shane Dyson. I did look him up, and he is American slash Irish. Okay. But his his accent is Australian as far as I was concerned. And it was I, at first, but then he was Irish. Yeah, at first. Well, I, I based it off when he first opened his mouth, yeah. and I was like, oh, Australian, dude. We watch a lot of Australian TV. Yeah. So Australian accents are very easy to spot for me now, and I can obviously spot an Irish person. And then he kept calling him, like you say, um, Mikey Mike kept saying... <laughs> Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms or Irish. He kept saying... That's all he called him after that was Lucky Charms. And then um, I was like, how is he But then he would talk sometimes with zero accent. It would just be American sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Well, to me, American is zero accent. But he is actually Irish slash American. So... But it didn't sound it all the time. No, it was was very very weird. weird. Yeah, I don't get... I thought it was a joke. I thought the joke was that Mark Wahlberg had no idea where he was from. So he just kept... Saying he was Irish. Oh, you're giving it way too much credit. And that's what I thought it was, though. I was thought oh, there's got to be a joke involved in this, but it's not that. It's just this dude does weird, like different accents <laughs> throughout the movie. But if you look it up, people are like, "What the hell's up with that guy's accent?" Uh, yeah, I did see a message, and he was also completely disposable. Having the boy, okay, having her be really good at robotics, which never ever came into play, mm. and him being like a professional driver, which came into play a couple times, but it's just so. I understand in movies you have to introduce people who are part of the thing and all that. I get it. And they have but when distinct it's so skills overt, that... it's like... I mean, this guy's a rally driver. Isn't lucky. It? Lucky. Yeah. Lucky, lucky that, that you got a rally driver. robotics expert's daughter, who also does robotics, has a boyfriend who's a driver, and they find Optimus Prime. <laughs> True. So, um, Stanley Tukey plays... Tucci. Plays Joshua Joyce. Tucci. Um, Two C's is a C-H sound. He was all right. I love Stanley Tucci. I always have. I think that he can be that creepy, serious kind of guy. His character was a bit over the top for me. Yeah, over the top. But I think that that was the idea. That he's got so far up his own ass. And then he he gets a little bit brought back down to reality. And he shows that. To me, he shows that. We meet him and he's like this guru of technology. Really up his own ass. And as we go along... He reflects the fact that he's actually starting to think again about not being that guy. And I think that's to his credit. I always like him, though. Always. Almost always. I can't think of a time when I haven't liked him. He's almost anonymous famous, except that I know his name. But he might be one of those guys that you go, oh, that guy. What did we see him last in? Hunger Games. The Muppet movie. The last Muppet movie. Oh, yeah. You are correct. He's all over the place, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, Kelsey Grammer plays Harold Attinger. You know, it's, it's, he's in it a little bit. I don't find Kelsey Grammer that compelling, to be honest. No, he's okay. I really don't. I find him very flat. I found him flat in the um, X-Men. I find him uninteresting. 
not scary, not demonstrative. He's supposed to be demonstrative, sort of a dickhead in this. Sort of a secret underling. I thought. I mean, no, he didn't actually. It was just really nothing. He wasn't menacing to me. He just wasn't in it a lot. Right, but if you have someone who's who does the part correctly, you could see them for five minutes, like the guy from God's Pocket who did the. Yeah. We saw him. I bet it wasn't even two whole minutes in that movie, and I still remember him as a force to be reckoned with. This character, nothing. Like, nothing. And he's pivotal. Like, yeah, yeah, he is. And, but he's, he's not scary. He's, he's not the anything. guy leading this. It's an operation to go and find all the Autobots and get rid of them. Like, the humans want rid of them, so. Right. But he doesn't see. He only seems like a snivelly, you know, greedy, entitled. I'm entitled to something. Now, that he pulls off fine. But I'm not scared of him. And then, you know, he just sort of. Yeah. The thing is, though, he inspired Optimus Prime for the first time to want to... Uh, Bing Bing Lee plays awesome. Sue Yuming, and I put her down because you liked her. Amazing. And she, if you've watched the Resident Evil movies, she plays Ada Wong in the last one, and if you're a fan of the games, you know who Ada Wong is. Um, but yeah, she's... Uh, there, there were instances in this movie where I was like, I bet you're that Chinese actor, not just her, other ones... Uh, really famous yeah. people in in China. It just seems too too obvious. Like, and she is particularly famous sure. there. And she's awesome because there are times when she's just sitting and looking. She has to kind of observe what's going on, and then she gets in the in the mix of things. And I would like to see a movie. I'm sure there's lots of them. We should look up. There a are movie lots of Chinese her. action movies even yeah. with her in. I'd like to see it. Uh, and finally, I put down T.J. Miller, who plays Lucas Flannery. Um, there's an extra which we watched, which featured him in quite a, quite a bit. Um, he's that irritating guy that you're gonna say. Uh, um, but let's not say. No, Pacific Rim has that irritating scientist and the. Yep. Oh god. And you're like, yeah. oh god, I hate this character. Oh yeah. I hate and that he's guy. kind of this character. He's that character. But he's not that annoying. No, this guy but isn't. he could be. But in real life, and when he's just doing that little shtick with the with the extra, that's the thing that I think that tells me I'm middle age, because his thirty something. I'm assuming he's got to be thirty something. That weird, constant sarcasm and constant. Let me tell you where he, what he's really famous for: the Mike Judge HBO comedy Silicon Valley. He's a major part of that, and that's a really snarky, snarky twenty something IT dudes they all are. And he's one of them. Yeah, that, that like constant flow of I'm being funny, I'm being funny, I'm being funny, aren't I? I'm being so funny and clever, aren't I? <laughs> and what I'm saying now sounds cute and I'm funny and I'm clever and I'm being ironic and I'm being sarcastic well, again, in the all movie, the same time. He wasn't up. I actually kind of enjoyed him. Yeah, I didn't movie. mind him. I thought they, I, I liked the way he drove his mini. I thought it was pretty funny. And just, I liked the relationship between him mm-hmm. and them. And that's all they kind of dropped the ball on that, in yeah. my opinion. So this is directed by Mr. Michael Bay, who you might not have heard you of. You love him. You're in love with Michael Bay. Um, recent, well, one of my favorites is Armageddon, which is the cheesiest movie. That's not reason. Cheesiest movie ever, but it is, there's something really fun about it for me. Every time I watch it, if it was on now, I would sit and watch it. You know, it's that kind of fun movie. You have to turn your brain off because it's totally, like, hokey and weird, but it's just fun. Pain and Gain, which we saw last year, which I really enjoyed Pain and Gain. And there's one with The Rock and... Um... Mm-hmm. Dwayne. Yeah. You're going to say The Rock and Marky Mark. 
<laughs> um, you know, I, Con Air wasn't his movie, but he, it was a Michael Bay Produced thing. Produced it. Yeah. Um, what else? Transformers movies. I don't know. I had IMDb up, and then you had to click off of it. So you're just going to have to guess for The yourself. Rock. Um, Touching my computer is not in the rule book. The Island. <laughs> He's made a lot of really good movies, in my opinion. I mean... I don't know if The Island's really good. We're going to have to watch it again. I'll, I've got the Blu-ray. We'll watch it. <laughs> um, I really like what he does. I, I love the know. concept of the island. I think it's like a very modern, not even a futuristic almost thing. I mean, it is, but it's a... It's a I can concept. see why people dislike Michael Bay as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's really over excess and like everything is very... No substance whatsoever. Except, I think that the ideas of a robotic race from outer space, or from other parts of our universe, seeing something valuable in a, a sentient living creature us on this planet is worth war it's worth we're worth protecting that's kind of i mean that's a very comic booky concept but i like it michael bay's like why people would you know not like him and i like i don't it's not not genius or anything but sexualizing young girls maybe yeah but it's also like like you say um there's not much content and he likes obviously likes blowing stuff up he likes visuals right he yeah. wants Wants you to see the biggest explosion possible. Wants you to see massive monsters, robots, and he succeeds on that level. But the story and everything's always secondary to how it looks, and it looks—it's immaculate how, how his movies look. All of them, I think they all look fantastic. But when you dig beneath the surface of them, it's a very shallow. Even what's, that, a, what's a spectacle type movie that has a really good story? Um, Inception. That spectacle or Batman. Yeah, Batman like, doesn't have a good story. It's just a superhero in a bad city. Yeah, I think I think they have a pretty good story. I think I'm not saying Inception doesn't have a good story. I'm saying it's not a spectacle to me. Not like this. I'm talking the like Matrix this. Matrix has a pretty good story. Mm, Where it all know. kind of like it makes you think a little bit. It kind of makes all, if you go and sit and you know yeah. you can kind of sit and analyze it and go, wow, yeah. That's I mean, it. really, the whole of that is that you're a cog in the machine. It is, but it's <laughs> very it. well <laughs> put together, and it's a fun, big spectacle. So I was thinking, like, District 9. That is a spectacle of sorts, and it has a very, very solid story I mean, about yeah, that's racism, one where the story separatism, is. elitism. Um, that's where there's, it looks visually awesome and everything, and it's very sci-fi, and then the story is actually holds it up. Whereas... You know, the Transformers movies. Yes, the Transformers have a story and everything, but we're really there to watch big, huge things that go on. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're there to see. And he knows that, and that's what he likes. I'd like to see him do, like, a serious drama or something to see if he can do that thing. Well, but... you, could make, you could make this movie into a serious drama. Yeah. Not this one, I'm just saying. You can make a movie... That has a huge visual... Well, with a different tone to it completely. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah it, Take it away could. the comedy. If Christopher Nolan made this, it would be a different thing, right? And it, But it's still with the Transformers, but it would... See, I think... I don't know. I think people give Batman too much credit now. It's not that great of a story. Well, I was thinking of Inception more as well. True. But what's the story of that, too? Because it is a spectacle, Inception. Like, visually, it's, it's marvellous to look at, right? It is. But I don't think of that as a spectacle, but... Right. I see what you're saying, but it's not this kind of spectacle. No. I'm talking about big action. Like, if you take Captain Even Godzilla America, that we watched a week ago. It's a massive big spectacle. Mm-hmm. But the story wasn't great 
That's what I'm saying. Just, it's like this, right? Like, do a, you think it's because they think people who like the spectacles are just not very bright? I, no, I don't think they're not. I think they think that they're there to see the big spectacle. That's where we develop more than, you know, going for an exceptional story. But there again, Captain America 2, which we just watched. I thought the story was quite actually for a big spectacle movie, which is what it is. I mean, this ship blowing up in the sky, it's a crazy big movie. The actual story in the heart of it was actually quite complicated and good too. I liked it. it so they deep, can do both. But it wasn't deep or anything. No, but it was it, it was more than I was expecting from a Captain America movie. It, it was like quite a bit more twists and turns. Right, but twists and turns don't make it complex, right? They just make it there's more stuff to remember and there's more baddies and then there's the Nazi guy and then there's this guy in the friendship and that's not still not very deep, is it? It's very shallow. So I'd like somebody to make but these are one about... of these. Yeah, but why not make it with a really good, hardcore, deep, interesting story? It's not Michael Bay's thing. Not somebody... just Michael Bay. Everyone. Like, why can't we smart people up instead of dummying people down? That would be my question to Hollywood. I knew, you know, that's why I say you could definitely see why people Michael slate Michael Bay. If you don't like the big explosions and massive special effects, yeah, there's, there's not really that much for you, <laughs> yeah. is it? No, 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 no. So, um, the Blu-ray features uh, some extras. It's actually got a whole disc full of extras. Um, we got, like, the Mega Ultra Mega Pack. Megatron Pack. Um, that, dun, dun, dun. that has the 3D version, the Blu-ray version, the DVD, and the digital copy. And it says on the back in big letters, over three hours of special features. Now, it's lots of Michael Bay, actually, if you like listening mm-hmm. to Michael Bay. And um, what I found interesting about the one that we watched about the special effects, it was called um, Bay on Action, was he doesn't try and gloss over, like he's kind of asshole-ish sometimes, uh-huh. and he doesn't hide it. Like He doesn't go, oh, that might come out, you know, people might think, he just says what he, there was a few things he said there that made me think, I bet he's really hard to work for. I wouldn't want to go, if I was just a, the dude working for him, the intern on the film set or whatever, I would be afraid to go and ask him a question. Because he doesn't seem like he wants anybody to ask him a question and you should just get on with your shit. You should just know what you're doing. Yeah, no. Why do you work with for me if you don't know what you're doing? Yeah, I, th- I feel like that would be the um, kind of reception you'd get. So he seemed a bit intimidating. Um, but yeah, if you the, the extras are quite good. Uh, we watched, aside from that extra, I didn't think that was quite good. No. The TJ Miller one. No. It's like a little... Smart-assy. Yeah, it could be a YouTube video for all that, you know. He's, he goes to... I just think it shines more of a light on that Marky Mark is a bit up his own ass. It's all set up. It's like a set up thing. Like oh, he's, sure, obviously. Like he's he's pretending he's going, like, dropping in on these people. He's pretending, A, that he's an idiot, and B, that he's going around as this innocent, I'm a nothing really in the movie, but I'm kind of sort of something, right? Because I'm... Uh, my co-starring? Yeah, I'm not, I don't know, I just think it's really obnoxious. But there's a lot of special features. I don't have a sense of humor, in case anyone who's listening to this for the first time. <laughs> I, I can honestly say, I don't have much of a sense of humor. Uh, there's also, you get the 3D version and the 2D version of this movie, and it's of special note, if you watch the 3D version, which we didn't, we watched the 2D version. If you watch the 3D version, it's the IMAX 3D version, so it fills the whole um, frame instead of having the black bars, so... Um, we didn't watch it because our projector's not 3D, but I will, I've got 3D monitor on my T, on my, I will have a look at it. Um, I imagine the 3D is really good in this movie because I was watching it 
not even thinking about 3D. And then I was like, wow, I wonder if this movie's in 3D because that looked really cool. You know, when the new, the manufactured mm-hmm. robots transform. Yeah. They turn into like a weird, what would you say that is? Like the a. Pixels. Yeah, pixels spinning around. I imagine those look really cool in 3D. But, um. A. And I, just for everyone's reference, I don't give a shit about 3D at all. Don't, it doesn't visually do anything for me. It was fine for Avatar, but I've seen that three or four times and only once in 3D, and that was enough. When the next Avatar film comes out, which will be in a year or so, I I would definitely see it in 3D. I'm not saying I wouldn't, I'm saying it's not that big a deal. I think people overrate it. That was the first movie I'd seen in 3D, Avatar, and... Ever in your life? Well, I'd seen those crappy ones with blue and green glasses. But one where it didn't look like blue and green. (laughs) That's the same for everybody, right? It was new technology. Was that the first movie? Yeah, Yeah, I guess it was. Because Journey to the Center of the Earth was still the old blue and... When you took your glasses off, it was... Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Digital kind of 3D. So, yeah, tons of special features on this Blu-ray. If you like Transformers, over three hours worth. So, in conclusion, it's my favorite Transformers movie that Michael Bay has made. Easily. I just really liked the vibe of it. It was a bit different to the other ones. It wasn't... Even though it still had some hokey kind of... Yeah. It wasn't as hokey as those ones. Those ones are... A yeah. Bit, those ones are very... With the parents and the thing. It's a, It gets a bit slapsticky at parts. Yeah. John, John Turturro. Uh, I like John Turturro. I do, but in those it's... He's very... It's slapsticky. It almost goes men in black slapsticky. Yeah. At points. Oh, I love men This one doesn't go there. It it's, tries to stay a bit more grounded for, <laughs> for a thing with giant robots in it. <laughs> so thanks to Paramount for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, you can win some Blu-rays on ascoli.com. We've got some new ones coming up this week. Next week's Blu-ray review is uh, John Hamm in Million Dollar Arm, new movie from Disney. We're going to watch that next week. Uh, movie recommendations for this week. I am going off based off Michael Bay and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Armageddon. I will always uh, recommend that if I have to talk about Michael Bay. It's Someone my, might remake that someday. It's my favourite Michael Bay movie. No, don't remake it. Don't <laughs> remake it. And uh, I also wanted to recommend Pain and Game because I don't think a ton of people saw that one. It's a Michael Bay movie. I don't even think they know it's a Michael Bay movie. Because it came out with like very little fanfare and then it just disappeared. I think it's a, re- it's a true story, but it's done in Michael Bay's... See... You know, when we're talking about Michael Bay not having any substance to his things, that one actually does have a bit of substance to it, but there again, it's a true story. Based loosely on a true story. But it does. It's an interesting story. I was gripped start well, to finish. it's telling a story, but it's not very deep. Still, it's not, I think that you and it's I have not, a different idea of It's not, but it's kind of, substance. um... All it is is telling the events of a story, but not explaining the who's and the how's very deeply of it. It's just portraying how shitty people can be. It's quite an interesting movie to watch, and the rocks, the rock in that, he's Dwayne Johnson. I think he called himself the Rock in that, didn't he? I don't know. Because he's buffed up to, he's hilarious and also sad. It's a really good performance from him. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting movie. I think you should see it if you like Michael Bay. Movies. It's disturbing a little, so be prepared. Yeah, definitely. And mine are because I was thinking of galaxies, universe, traveling. You know. The human race and how we might be seen by from the eyes of other things that most certainly must exist out in the whole of the universe. And, of course, it brought me back to my beloved Star Trek. 
And I've picked two of the series that are, eh, Voyager's my favorite. Absolute favorite. And Next Generation just explores even more of that thing of we are humans and we've figured out a certain thing. We don't have war now. We don't have, we, we don't have hunger. We understand better now as a, as a species, blah, blah, blah. I just find that kind of interesting when you then take that and portray yourself out into space travel. Actually, did you notice in X-Men there was some Star Trek? Hmm. In the uh, X-Men movie. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, some, yeah. of course. There's a bit of a tribute to Star Trek in, yeah. in the homage. So that's Well, it. he is a nerd. He would be. It was 1974. He would be I just, watching I just, it. I couldn't help but going, oh, look, there's George. Was it George? It was just... Kirk. No, George. There was George was on there too. Oh, I didn't see. Him. I uh, saw so, Kirk's so is face. that it? Both of those Star Treks. Yeah, Voyager and Next Generation. Yeah. All of them. See, watch all of it. I was just thinking when I was watching it. George is so young there because I see him on Howard Stern show. Yeah, he's seventy year old now, isn't he? I mostly ever only see him on Star Trek. We're talking about George Sakai. Yeah. So uh, games and Ace Scully stuff. Only game I've played is Destiny. Talked about it before that last week. Yes, um, you did. This week, interesting enough, is uh, Destiny's like this evolving game. So what you bought um, a, two, a few weeks ago is not the final game. And that's why some people have like, you know, they're bitching about it. Which is, don't bitch about it, just play it. Because you have to buy more of it? Uh, you do in the, in the future, but the content from now until end of November is all free stuff. And there's something happening every week. They add something new every week in there. End of November, there's an expansion pack due, which is you can buy, and there's new story stuff. But this stuff that they're adding at the moment, like this week, you go into the tower, which is one of the places where um, you uh, it's the social zone, basically, in Destiny. And there's a whole new big room opened up, and there's the Queen's Emissary is in it. Not the Queen herself, the Emissary. And you walk in there, and... This emissary's got a bunch of new missions for you to do, so you go out and do them all, and you bring them back, and you earn the respect of this emissary, and eventually, you earn enough respect from the emissary from doing all this stuff that you can buy the queen's armor, which is like this really cool-looking armor that looks like no no other. You can. So, there's a lot of content that they've added for nothing, and people are bitching about the games, and there's not enough content. It's quite clear that. There is a lot of content in this game, but it's going to be doled out over time. I actually like that. I think that's really cool, because you do get to a point in most games where you go, okay, I think I've done it. You know, in these type of games. Not The Sims, because you can always start a new game and do some more, right? But when you, it's a story game like this, you, you, get, you get to a point where you go, okay, I've seen everything. Well, what is going to draw me back now? Well, them adding a new thing every week. It will always draw you back. If you're right, but they've it. hooked you, so in the future, you'll want to buy the next one. And I would buy an expansion pack, because I enjoy the game a lot. But that's not a bad thing. But then why not just give you the whole game at once? Well, they have given you the whole game at once. No. The expansion pack is not part of the game. It's something that's developed later. Right, but it's part of the game. So right. it's part of this game. Right. And you're paying for this game even more. True. So why not just give you the whole game? Um... Yeah, that would be awesome, but that never <laughs> happened. Um, never happened. Call of Duty happened all for all of history until now. Call of Duty is the same thing, you know. You they they dole out maps over. Well, you get four map packs over the course of a year, one every three months, um, and they obviously charge you for them. But 
it keeps you playing. Like, if, if you add all that at once, you know, if all them... I think you just made their point. Well, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. All those, if you, all those maps did come in the box, you would get fed up of them. But because some new ones come every few months... Right, but if they all came in the box, you would have paid for them all and got them all. But as it is, you have to pay for them more than you did originally. I think in Destiny, that is not the case, though. Because in Destiny, when you buy these expansion packs, you're getting a whole new world. So it's like... um. There's four. There's the moon. There's Venus. There's Mars, and there's Earth in the base game, and they're huge, big worlds that you can play hundreds of hours in. But when you buy these expansion packs, they're adding a brand new planet, which I know from how big the other planets are, how much content that is. It's a lot. Like it's weeks and weeks worth of stuff to do. So it's not like they're just nickeling and diming you for some little piece of shit. Like oh, here's a piece of armor and a different gun. Right. It's like no, here's a brand new bit of the story. It's a brand new world we've created that it's all going to take place on. So I think I like the way they're doing it with Destiny, and they say it's going to be a 10-year plan. I don't know if that means you'll be playing the same disc 10 years from now and you'll just be adding on to it, or there'll be a Destiny 2 in a couple of years and all your stuff from this one carries into it. Like, you know, like you keep your character... Why would you need a Destiny 2 if you just keep adding? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. Why would you need a Destiny 2? You wouldn't, would you? Hmm. Um, Because... If it was a graphical improvement, they could patch that into mm-hmm. the... Re- yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the 10-year plan means. I don't know if it means... It's going to be like Call of Duty. They just keep adding a different phrase underneath the name. But in Call of Duty, there's a new game every year that you pay $60 for. It's not Call of Duty 3. It's just like a new yeah, version of like it. Like this year, it's Advanced Warfighter or something. You know, there's always got a mm-hmm. couple of words after it. But yeah, Destiny is a really cool game. I still i am playing it, what, three weeks after it came out. Really, I want to go and play it now. Still. So it definitely has a draw to You'll it. You'll be playing it after this show. I will. Uh, so what's for dinner, Sid? So I can go and play Destiny. Tonight is the baked tofu again, and because it, it's so delicious. And tonight I made it, chopped it in pieces, soaked it in a combination of ketchup, tamari, tahini, nutritional yeast, and water. What's tamari and tahini? Are those tamari is like, soy. it's a type of soy sauce. That is gluten-free, and it's sort of like less salty and more... Worcestershire saucy. No, just more that thing they call... Do they, do they ed- make v- vegan Worcestershire sauce? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because that's anchovies. Annie's as it, um, it's really good, but yeah. it's a little bit different than tamari. Tamari's just not as salty, and it's not as thin, it's a little more viscous, you know. Mm. And then the tahini is just smashed up, it's like a paste of sesame seeds. Oh. So you get like kind of an, it's, and then I bake it for like, I baked it for about two hours, just really low. So it kind of, the stuff all soaks in and dries on it. So you have like these crispy, chewy, super flavorful pieces of tofu. And I don't, I like the flavor of tofu itself, so I don't need to cover it up. So I like that the crusty stuff is on the outside. And when you bite into it, it's tofu in the inside. I just love it. I don't I don't understand how people ditch it so bad. You don't have to stop eating your steaks to have tofu every once in a while. There's not like a rule out there that says if tofu passes between my lips, I will never be allowed to eat animal products again. It's just another food. It's made out of soybeans. I hear dudes talk about it as though they're going to turn into a girl if they eat it. Yeah, it like my food is for men, so tofu for example is for women. Because people have this weird myth in their head about that soy products of all kinds mess with your hormones. Well, if that were the case, then Asia 
would be all women by now, because they eat shitloads of tofu and soy products. I don't understand that mentality. It's like ignorance just makes me want to pull my hair out. But um, that plus vegetables, I don't know what kind, plus peas, peas, of course, the easy standby. And those potatoes I got at the health food store, those, those are, are good, amazing. Yeah. Are those organic potatoes? Yeah, organic, and I cut off the bad spots, boil them with the skin on. No butter, no nothing. Just water organic potatoes and some salt. better than normal ones. I don't think the organic is what makes them taste good. They're not I think as it's the type. starchy. Right, it's the type. It's right, not the organicness. Right. But um, they just happen to have the organic ones there. And, and your advice Orange before? Jaffa Cakes, as I found at Aldi. Oh. The cheap, cheap place. <laughs> yeah, they're okay. Yeah. They're okay. I think they're really good. They're great with a cup of tea. I mean, they just taste like if you're a Brit, if you're a Brit and you've tasted McVitie's Jaffa cakes, which you have, because they're the ones you probably eat. <laughs> uh, these just taste exactly like them. Um, I was thinking, oh, this is probably going to taste. Mm-hmm, me too. The chocolate's probably going to be a bit crappy or whatever. They just taste the same, so it's interesting because they could be made in the same place. Oh yeah. You know. My advice is I don't know if it's advice. It's just information for everyone. Okay. Not agreeing with someone doesn't mean you disagree with them. Like, I don't know how to describe that. People think that if I simply just say, oh, I don't agree with that, I'm not disagreeing with you as in I have an alternative and here's my argument and you are wrong and I am right. It means what you've just said, I don't agree with that. doesn't mean I disagree with you. Now, if someone wants to look me up, look up this and be technical about it, that's fine. But when I'm saying to someone, eh, I don't really agree with that. I'm not making an argument against you. I'm saying I just don't agree with what you just said. That goes for the same thing as if I don't like someone or I don't like something, doesn't mean I dislike it. If you put some boiled, cold slimy spinach in my mouth right now, I would dislike it. Okay? I'm drinking my tea here, which is kind of cold. I just kind of don't like it. I don't dislike it. I just don't like it as much as I do when it's nice and hot. There is a difference. So when I say to somebody, I don't really like that. I'm not saying I'm dissing it. I'm not disliking it like a negative. I simply don't like it. Do Do you understand what I'm saying? And the other thing is that asking a question of someone, for example, just a simple question of like, oh, you know, oh, do you, how many sugars do you put in your tea? I, I, I don't give a shit how many sugars. I'm asking because I'm curious. Like, you made me a cup of tea. It tastes really good. How many teaspoons of sugar do you put in your tea? People sometimes are like, they turn on this instant defense. Why? How many should I put in my tea? Like, I don't know. I'm just asking you how many how many teaspoons of sugar do you use in your tea? People have this weird like or if someone asks me about the tofu, for example, and I say, Oh my god, I just really love tofu, there's this weird like, oh, I don't eat tofu, so I guess that makes me a bad person. I don't understand that. That same vibe, you know? People yeah. are just wrong so much. Or maybe you're wrong. No, right. I'm not actually. I'm right almost all the time. But maybe you're wrong. Now, that doesn't mean right. that I'm not wrong sometimes. It means that I am actually correct in my observations of people. And people are wrong a lot. Maybe. Or inaccurate. 
I'm not wrong about that. <laughs> Maybe you're wrong, and they're all right. But that's not how it works. Because they're not. <laughs> <laughs> and you're one of them. So I, I understand why you're defending them. But I am actually correct on all this. Right. That so, people are wrong a lot. <laughs> you're wrong. I'm right. I am not wrong. I can I can be mistaken. And I don't think that's the same as being wrong. But I'm not wrong about this. People okay. are very... Just... I don't know. I don't know how to communicate with people sometimes. Because I find them... <laughs> then don't. I'm not going to say... <laughs> I try... Mm. I try, and then I hit that brick wall of, oh my god, what you just said is so wrong. How can I continue this conversation with you without insulting you? I think that's how Michael <laughs> Bay feels about everybody. See, I think Michael Bay and I would get each other. We wouldn't be able to work with each other, but I get it. Totally, totally get it. All right, so let me remind you about our website. It's aschoolie.com, sitter.com, catches on social media. That wasn't networks. really advice, was it? But you get the picture. Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this uh, podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, stitcher.com, just type in after the show on there, or go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe. I actually have a Stitcher applet on the main aschoolie.com page where you can just listen to the latest podcast, which is pretty cool. Are you curious how people find you? You can also... I mean, yeah. would you be curious to know how, what, how, what, do I know, mostly from links and stuff. Right. And you where? Trackbacks. Just from, like, a lot of people come from, um, contest sites that pick up on our contests. But that doesn't mean they're listening. A lot of people come, oh, podcast, you mean? Yeah. A lot of people come from Stitcher and iTunes, mostly. Right. So there is, you don't know why they came from there, I guess, do you? Searching? Yeah, like searching for movie podcasts. Like, how do you find it first? That's why I was wondering, like, how do you find this first time? You know. If you're on iTunes searching for movies, we're in that category. Hmm. If you didn't hate Apple products so much, you could install it, do a search, and see if you find yourself. True. But no, 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 no. You refuse. We actually come up quite high on the Zoom one when you're searching the podcast bit. It does pop up. Um, so, email feedback to me at aschoolatasechooler.com. Don't you must tell she doesn't want your emails. And finally, stay classy, Mr. Michael Bay, even though you're not that classy, really. But you are good at special effects. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you don't do it, and you're probably not doing it, that means someone's doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs>